Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. For the Toddcast today, we're going to call this Harnessing Self. Harnessing Self. Are you guys an expert in anything? Is there anything you're an expert at? Eating. That was mine. I was going to say eating meatballs. I'm an expert at eating meatballs. I hear Ron Letourneau, you're an expert at eating meatballs too. Is anyone, a, <laughs> and is anyone an expert at building or craftsmanship or electricity or anything like that? Do we have any experts? Yeah, Kevin, you're being too humble. How about this? Have you ever been around a genius? No. <laughs> Depends on my definition of genius? Okay, good answer. Nice answer. Nice answer. Love it. Well... I believe my kids are prodigies. You guys heard that term before? Prodigy is kind of like a child genius, like way smarter than they should be at that age. I think all of my children are prodigies. They all have a talent that I believe is truly remarkable and makes them geniuses. Do you know what it is? They're experts at loving themselves. (laughs) Don't worry, it's gonna get good here. From the moment I wake up, I see my kids loving themselves like true professionals. Haddon will think about how to get Haddon some breakfast. Titus will think about how Titus can have fun. Levi thinks about how to help Levi do what Levi wants to do. Adelaide considers how to get Adelaide everything she needs. Evangeline will carefully plan and plot how to make sure Evangeline has a happy day. And I still have three kids after that, and, but you get the point, right? My kids are prodigies because the talent they have for self-love seems to be off the charts. But guess what? I think they got it from their dad. (laughs) Their father is also unbelievable at thinking about meeting his own needs. I think it must be a walker trait. In fact, I'm sorry you guys don't have the skill. I really am. I'm sorry Crossroads doesn't have that skill of thinking about their own needs. Actually, now that I come to think about it, you guys are pretty good at it too. But that's actually kind of a compliment, and I mean it, kind of. See, self-love is a complicated thing, isn't it? We know it's not wrong to love ourselves. It's not. But we also feel icky if we do it too much. It's kind of like overeating, right? Eating is good, but we reach a wall, we go over that wall, we feel bad. In fact, I think that's a pretty good balance with self-love, to know it's not wrong, but know there's a limit to it. Because loving ourselves is not wrong until it is. Don't you love your ambiguous pastor? I just taught you something profound there. What's interesting about the word of God is that the same thing, here's a riddle in fact. What is something that both holds us back from something good and is the secret to doing something really good? One thing does both. It holds us back from doing something really good and it's the secret to doing something really good. The same thing. Think about that. I'm going to read you a passage from Matthew 22 and see if you can find it. Matthew 22, Jesus is speaking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, stood up to ask him a question to put him to the test. And he said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Did you notice the answer to the riddle? It's right there. 
We are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Do you notice it? Loving ourselves cannot be entirely wrong if Jesus uses it as the foundation for how we love one another. Why does he do this? I've often wondered that, going, why is that the model for loving one another? That I love others as I love myself. It seems like that's a risky move for Jesus to do. Because he's gambling. He's gambling that we won't focus on the first part of that verse and just begin justifying all the self-love we're giving ourselves, saying, Jesus told me to. Jesus said I could. And we just go, see, self-love is important. Thank you, Jesus. We'll get right to work on loving ourselves more. I think that's a risky move. But something seems apparent to me when I read this commandment. Jesus knows we're pros at loving ourselves. He knows that. He knows us inside and out. So by telling us to love others as we love ourselves, he's actually equipping us to love others properly. Now let me give you an illustration. If someone handed me a trombone, and they told me that it's very important for me to play that trombone better than I do anything else, I would be immediately frustrated because I don't know how to play a trombone. I would try and I would fail miserably. In fact, it would sound like I'm choking a goose or a moose, which I would never do. Now let's use a less amusing example. Imagine if someone handed me a foster child and told me to love that foster child as if I was their biological parent. I would immediately be terrified because I have never had a foster child. And I, would, I could never be expected to care for that child as well as they deserve to be loved. But if someone handed me a foster child and said, take care of this child like you take care of your own children, I would find relief because I know how to care for my own children. When Jesus tells us to love one another as we love ourselves, we should feel comforted because loving ourselves is a natural ability. If we're hungry, we try to get something to eat. If we're tired, we try to take a nap. If we're bored, we try to spend time doing our hobby. If we're lonely, we try to call somebody we love. If we're sick, we try to take medicine. If we're stressed, we try to chill out and watch some TV. If we're thirsty, we get a drink and on and on and on. When Jesus tells us to love others as we love ourselves, he's handing us confidence because he's telling us something that we can do that we're already good at. No, he's not telling us to love others exactly as we love ourselves, right? Because some of you in this room like onions, and I don't. So if I was going to love you properly, I might have to let you guys eat onions, even though I hate onions. So I can't love you exactly the same way I love myself. Now, Jesus is telling us to have the same care and consideration for others as we give to ourselves, isn't he? That's what he's telling us. But I think it's more than this. Jesus is putting us on a mission and helping us turn the tables against the devil. The devil has been reversing this strategy in our lives for decades. He's told us that others should love us as much as we love us. And many of us, myself included, have fallen right into this trap. We have spent many of our days here upon the earth being frustrated because people aren't loving us like we want to be loved. Believing they're wrong and we're right. And this is how the devil works. He wants us to be backwards in our thinking. Everything to be backwards. And then Jesus wants us to think rightly about everything, doesn't he? So he spins us around tonight and he says, look at the commandment again. It does not say get more love for yourselves. That's not what it says. Although it's not wrong to show love to yourself. But that's not our job. Whose job is it to love us? 
Whose job is it? It's God's job. It's God's job to love me. And he doesn't need my help to love me. God does a bang-up job at loving me every single moment of the day. Amen? Does God do a good job at loving you? <laughs> Instead, Jesus tells us to take that natural ability we have to love ourselves and harness it towards loving one another. We take the same passion, the same energy, the same consideration, the same commitment towards loving ourselves, and we simply change the object from us to others. And boom, we immediately know how to love properly. But where this gets really interesting is where this harnessed love does the very thing the devil hates. To love others and putting ourselves in their shoes is the absolute opposite the devil wants for our lives. When we look at someone in our lives who's in need and we ask ourselves, what if that were me at that moment? What if I was the one suffering? How would I want to be loved? And once we consider that question, we can actually drive a stake right into the devil's heart because we're not focusing on self-love. Because self-love is ironically detrimental to us if we focus on it. Because when we focus on loving ourselves, we avoid the second greatest commandment of all time. And we end up hurting God, hurting others, and hurting ourselves simultaneously. But instead, when we harness the self-love and we give it to one another, everybody wins. Except Satan, right? The only thing stronger than evil is the love of God. We obey God by loving others the right way, and we still receive self-love by leaving that to God. God loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. And yes, I've tried this strategy in my life, and it works. On occasion, I come home tired from a long day of ministry, and I want to receive love. I just want to receive love and focus on loving myself. But then I remember the commandment of Jesus. And at least sometimes I focus my attention on my wife's needs, who's way more tired than I am. <laughs> and I focus on my children's needs, who just want to spend time with their daddy. And I obey the Lord's commandment by harnessing my natural ability to love myself and instead using it to love my family, just as Jesus commanded me to do. And at the same time I'm loving them, guess what's happening? God's loving me. The exact same time. I don't break from fatigue because God's holding me up. My wife doesn't break from fatigue because I'm holding her up. I don't get lonely because the Holy Spirit is indwelling me. My kids don't feel lonely because their dad is anxious to spend time with them. The whole system works, just as Jesus said it would. And this self-love turned into others' love begins to slam the door right in the devil's face and lets him know he can't hurt us anymore by reversing this strategy in our mind. I don't have to choose between self-love and others' love. I simply have to obey my Lord and focus my attention on loving one another. And God himself has promised to love me. Jesus truly was the Son of God because this system is flawless. Every time I try it, it works. Everybody gets supported and everyone gets loved this way. Versus when I love myself, I neglect my wife, I neglect my family, and I neglect my church in order to love myself. I hurt three people, at least, when I love myself primarily. When we love others with harnessed self-love, we become strong, energized, and concentrated weapons of love against evil. 
And the kingdom of darkness begins to lose strength and control because none of us are starved for love anymore. Like when we were submitting to the devil's plan, we all starved for love. Jesus commands us to take the very good and natural skill we have to love ourselves and simply replace the object with others. And he has promised that when we do that, he alone, God alone, will take care of all of our needs. This is what makes sense of those beautiful passages. In Romans 8, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, listen to it, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do you notice it? When we don't focus on self-love, we get all the self-love we need. Jesus has promised us to love one another but he, I'm sorry, he's promised to love us when he's commanding us to love one another the way we naturally love ourselves. And I want to thank him. I want to thank Jesus for that model. I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. It's a brilliant model. And I want to pray and encourage Crossroads Church to go to the next level by taking this model and acting it out, playing it out. Because it's a very simple and profound model and a very profound strategy from our Lord Jesus. And I want us to harness the love we have for ourselves and use that love to love God's people, primarily. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.